Just what is authenticity? How do we know we're experiencing it in our daily lives? What are the moments in our life that have led us to a better understanding of who we are as people? These conversations and more happen right here on The Authenticity Experiment. I'm your hostess. My name is Megan Williams. I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Arizona, and I have spent my career helping people find their most authentic versions of themselves and live and grow inside of that authenticity. And now I get to share the stories of people who have taken their own pathway to authenticity. Just a general content warning, most episodes of the Authenticity Experiment have themes that can be considered triggering for some. Please listen at your own pace and understand that when people tell their stories, it's part of their healing journey. And by listening to the stories of others, we can feel less alone. However, if there is content in this episode that you find triggering, please consult with your mental health professional or reach out to me and I can provide you with resources in order for you to start coping with the stress that you may be experiencing in your own life. Hey everybody, so today's episode is going to look a little bit different. Uh, I decided a while ago that I was going to have a chat about boundaries and what are boundaries, how do we know when we're having authentic boundaries, those kind of things, right? Um, and I feel like December is a great time to have that conversation because we are being forced into a time of year where our boundaries aren't always known and they aren't always respected by other people in the world in our own families, that kind of thing. So the first thing that we have to understand about ourselves is that there are things that we continue to discover about who we are every single day. We learn about what our boundaries are based off of our level of discomfort when we encounter a situation, especially a situation that we've never encountered before. And understanding and learning to trust our gut instinct in those situations is crucial to figuring out who we are as people and how we function in the world. Now, the biggest example I can give you is, is that our physical boundaries are the ones that we tend to be a lot more mindful of and have more awareness of how they impact us. So when somebody invades our personal space bubble, and that personal space bubble is different for everybody. There are people that really like to be close to other human beings. They're close talkers, they're huggers, they're people that stand very close to you because they have a smaller personal bubble that is comfort for them. And then there are those people who really want other people to keep a safe distance, to ask permission before hugging, touching, those kind of things, and just need that that bigger space. And we discovered this, that during the, the pandemic, when we were encouraged to keep six feet apart, for some of us, that six feet felt very normal and natural. And it was a relief to be able to tell people like, hey, I need you to back up. And we had permission to do so because of the standards that were being put in, in place for social distancing and those kind of things. Other people maintaining that six feet of distance has been agonizing for them. But we know when somebody does something with our physical boundaries that we don't like, our body reacts to it. And usually our stomach will move or we'll get really warm or we'll instinctively take a step back or away from that person. 
And those physical boundaries can even be subjective based off of where you're at. For example, you know, Amanda, who was in a previous episode, talked about her experiences at concerts in the pits, being up against people and crashing bodies and those kind of things that that happened for her in, in the letter that she wrote me afterwards. And I can completely resonate with that. I'm a person that really likes my personal space unless you feel safe for me. I am a hugger, but I always ask and I have to make sure that I feel comfortable with a person before I will hug them. But when I'm in a pit at a concert, all bets are off. Or if I understand that it's a general admission standing concert, that I'm going to have people in my space and they're going to be in my space too, right? We're going we're gonna to be invading each other's boundaries. And, and that's acceptable because I'm making that choice to violate my own personal physical boundary standard. However, if somebody touches me inappropriately in those situations on purpose, because accidents happen, I can, I can tell you that um, definitely been groped a few times in the pit on accident when somebody's trying to catch their balance, but I've definitely been groped in a pit by somebody who is trying to violate my physical boundaries. When we know the difference, we learn the difference and we know it because it doesn't feel comfortable. We immediately start to feel uncomfortable. Our fight or flight gets activated and we take steps to remove ourselves from that physical discomfort. The same process happens for us when somebody crosses our emotional, psychological, spiritual, financial, all of those boundaries. We have that same instinctual gut reaction. And what happens over time is, is that we almost invalidate that reaction ourselves by telling ourselves that we are overreacting when we really are not overreacting. Our system is telling us this is safe, this is unsafe. What's super fun about boundaries is that not everybody's is the same and other people don't know how to respect yours unless you tell them because not everybody's is the same. I'll give you an example. I'm in the grocery store line and I'm checking out and I'm standing behind my cart, getting ready to push my cart forward so that the bagger can put my groceries in my cart. And I'm standing at, you know, the little, the card reader thing. And the person behind me is literally two feet away from me. And I'm not comfortable with that on any given, any given level to begin with. But the fact that I'm about to use my, my personal debit card, you can see me enter my pin, that kind of thing. And this person has no concept of that. And I turn around and I ask them to please back up. They are making me uncomfortable. And they kind of give me a look like, but why do I have to? And I ask them again, please back up. You're making me uncomfortable. There are folks that would say, just get through it. Just get through it. Don't say something to them. Don't say something to them. And there are people that would call me a Karen for asking that person to stop invading my personal boundary space. And I'm going to tell you that my level of comfort is just as important as theirs. I don't have to sacrifice my level of comfort and my boundaries just because it might make that person uncomfortable that I ask them to do something. Um, I've also been in the grocery checkout line and people are like ramming you with their cart. And, and I really have that moment with them. I'm like, can you please not do that? It's a big reason why I don't go to Costco in person because I feel like that happens more often to me at Costco than it does anywhere else on the planet. 
but those are those are my boundaries and and it's not so much the like it, it is my physical boundary that's being violated but it's also my level of comfort when it comes to my emotional boundary because the other piece of this is that i don't like people that close to me that i don't know when my back is turned to them and this comes from years of working in settings where not having somebody at your back is one of the things that you learn very quickly. You don't turn your back on certain people. You learn that very quickly in some of the environments that I've worked in. <coughs> the other thing that I think is interesting is that people get offended when you ask them not to come to work when they're sick. That to me is a health boundary. It's a physical boundary that's important. If you are sick, you probably shouldn't be at work. I understand not having the time off, not having the, the ability to do those things. However, <coughs> we need to understand that when you take a germ into a workplace, you are asking everybody else that you work with to potentially sacrifice their own health just because you feel like you need to be at work. As somebody who's been a supervisor, as somebody who's been a boss, I would much rather have one person call out for three days than to have a rolling process of every employee having to call out for three days because one person decided to come into work sick and spread their germs. But we view them as selfish when they decide they're not going to come in when they don't feel well. For me, that's, that's a, a violation of other people's boundaries of health. Telling somebody that they should not feel the way that they feel or that they are overreacting is, is an invalidation process of their emotional boundaries. And, you know, one of the things that people will frequently make fun of other individuals for is being too sensitive. You know, we hear the term snowflake thrown around a lot. Um, the reality is, is that everybody deserves to feel seen, validated, and heard. And if you tell me that I shouldn't feel a certain way in a situation in response to my personal experience and my boundaries, you are violating my emotional boundaries. You are telling me that my emotions are not valid. You are telling me that I don't have the right to feel the way that I feel. And what happens when we tell people that is they start to shrink themselves. They start to shrink their emotions. They start to doubt their own experiencing of things. And this is what frequently leads to people not knowing their own emotional boundaries and how to express them. Because we're told as children, when you fall and you're scared and things hurt and you're told by your parents, suck it up, you're not, it's not that serious, you're not hurt. Well, how do you know they're not hurt? Are you in their body, right? People, as they age, start to have a lot of aches and pains and, and medical issues that other people can't see, but does that make it any less real for them? No, but why do we assume that a child is not hurt? Why do we assume that a child is not scared by the experience that they had or that their emotional flooding system has been activated because the situation was scary for their central nervous system that they don't have regulation of right now? These are all things that we have to take into consideration. And these are all things that we learn as a child. If you are learned if you are learned, if you are taught that your boundaries don't matter, that your emotions don't matter, that they should not be felt out loud. As an adult, you don't learn to speak those boundaries into being. We also rely a lot on telling people 
that something is quote unquote common sense. Now, let me tell you something. Common sense is not common. And I will give you a big example for me. I was raised in the Midwest where it snows. I actually learned how to drive a vehicle in the snow before I learned how to drive a vehicle not in the snow because of virtue of when my birthday is. So my father taught me how to drive in the snow before I really learned how to drive any other way. I now live in Arizona, where the only time it snows is if you're driving into the north part of the state in the winter. There are people that have lived in the desert their entire life that drive up north to go see the snow, which is absolutely fine and wonderful. I don't understand it because I, I don't like being cold anymore. But they will do that. And they don't know how to drive in the snow. And there are people that live in the snow-covered areas that think it's common sense on how to drive in the snow. But that is not those people's experience that grew up in the desert. They did not grow up knowing how to drive in the snow. Sometimes they make really silly choices because they think they know how to drive in the snow and they do not. It's the same when we have flash floods, but that's a whole other story. But this is what happens. And I think it's interesting because I also have been back in, in Ohio in the wintertime with people that have lived in Ohio in the wintertime their entire lives. And they don't necessarily have, quote unquote, common sense when it comes to driving in the snow. If you don't learn something as a part of your experience, then it is not common sense. It does not apply out right? It's the same thing when we think about how we have the same, same concept or same object, we have different words for it, right? Like a hair tie or an elastic or a ponytail holder, whatever you call it is based off of where you lived and when you grew up. It's the same with soda or pop, right? If you, if you don't grow up knowing something because it's not a part of your experience because it hasn't had to be a part of your experience, then it's not quote unquote common sense. And I think that people forget that. There are lots of things that are not taught in school in certain areas of our country or the world that are taught here in America. There are things that people encounter in daily living that other people do not. And yet we want to hold everybody to have having had the same experience, understanding and learning opportunities that we have had. And that is where our expectations of others directly get in the way of our ability to maintain healthy and appropriate social relationships with people of diversity. And not just diversity of race, sexual orientation, gender, all of that, just people who have diversity of how they've lived. Somebody who grew up in a rural area does not have the same experience as somebody who grew up in a major city. Those things are different. Different experiences create a different perspective and a different idea of what is quote unquote common sense. Another example, in the 120 degree weather that we have in the summertime here in Arizona, it is very frequent that we have in the news, somebody that tried to climb one of our largest and most difficult mountain paths with only a little tiny throwaway water bottle worth of water. We that live here know that you need to take a lot of water with you if you are going to hike, especially in the summertime. You won't catch most locals on those paths, especially in the heat of the day, in the summertime, right? We even have signs up that say, don't take your dog. 
But there are people that come from out of town that are not adjusted to our climate that want to climb these mountains in the heat of the day and are not prepared for it. Here in Arizona, it is common sense to not do those things, to take more water, to take shade, to not go when it's two o'clock in the afternoon and the hottest it's going to be all day. That is common sense to us. That is not common sense to some of our tourists, some of our visitors. And the first thing that you will hear people say is how stupid those people are. They're not from here. They don't know. And the reality is, is that there are some locals that underestimate the power of nature and overestimate their abilities to deal with it. It happens. Um, they even call one of our laws the stupid motorist laws because judgment happens here. So it's interesting how we learn what our limitations are as people. And when our boundaries bump up against somebody else's value system, that's where I think a lot of our interpersonal relationship clashes happen. We either learn that our boundary is valid and it's okay to set it, or we're taught that that boundary isn't valid, it's dumb and you shouldn't have it, which is erroneous. Just because my boundary doesn't match your boundary doesn't make my boundary any less valid. Your boundary is just as valid. And I think we get too caught up in wanting to accept and people please and maintain relationships with individuals that are not our people. They're not our people because our values and our boundaries don't line up. When somebody does not feel like a safe person for you, whether it is friend, family, coworker, significant other, any of those things, when that person does not feel safe for you, they are not your person. Somebody who is safe will take your boundary, they will respect it, and they will correct their behavior. We do need to be able to verbalize to somebody like, hey, that rubs me the wrong way. Hey, could you not do that? Hey, that feels unsafe for me. Hey, could you not? We learn how our boundaries are formed through different life experiences. And when we have something come up that feels familiar because we've experienced either it before or something similar before, our body reacts and our gut instinct kicks and it feels what I like to call oogie. This oogie, gross, kind of itchy in your own skin feeling, sick to your stomach, oogie. That is my therapeutic term for it because I think everybody can relate to just that, ugh, the ooh, 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 that feels just oogie. It just feels gross. I think we can all relate to having those experiences. When that comes up for us, that is valid. That is our system saying it feels unsafe. Now, whether our system is overreacting because we've had a lot of unsafe things happen to us or not, we still should be okay with honoring that feeling, that moment of, ew, this feels gross to me. I don't want to do this. We need to honor that. Even if we lose out on something that could potentially be amazing, because in that moment, our system is telling us this doesn't feel right. We do give people the opportunity to correct their behavior. And one of the things that I think is really interesting, and I talked about this prior, I believe on this show, if not for sure, in a video I did on Instagram, about this idea that we are no longer allowing people to correct their behaviors. They should just know what our boundaries are instinctually because they're mind readers, and they should know that my boundaries even though they're a little bit different, are exactly what they should know. 
and we don't allow people to correct themselves. So when somebody violates our boundaries, we don't allow them to make up for it. We just automatically write them off as being this terrible human being. Now, there are deal breaker boundaries. And if you have deal breaker boundaries that are X, Y, and Z, those are valid. And yes, cutting somebody off for violating one of your deal breakers is 100% okay. But I see people willing to cut off and write off people over something that is minor, over something that is not a deal breaker for that person, right? And everybody's deal breakers are different. But I'm saying when somebody doesn't say bless you when you sneeze, that is typically not a deal breaker boundary for individuals. But something like that is cause for us to cut them off and write them off and say that they are unsavable as a human being. What I also find very interesting is, is that the same people that are willing to engage in that all or nothing behavior with other individuals are people that really struggle to acknowledge when they have violated somebody else's boundary and they hide behind, that's just who I am or whatever, you don't have to like me. Um, but they don't afford the same grace and opportunity to somebody else. It's interesting. Um, the way that we come to understand our authentic boundaries is always system-based. Our body will tell us if we feel safe or not before our brain can make sense of what's happening. Because our amygdala and hippocampus, that stress response, will fire before your cognitive brain can even make sense of what's happening. Your fight or flight survival instinct separates things into safe or unsafe. Somebody who has experienced a lot of trauma, there's a lot more things that will trigger that unsafe process because they have learned through processing other unsafe situations how to find an unsafe situation faster than somebody who has never experienced those things. And this is why later in life traumas can sometimes be devastating to people who are otherwise resilient because their system didn't recognize the threat early enough on. There's also a phenomenon that happens with boundaries in that we struggle with our belief system about people that we should be obligated to maintain relationship with. Some of the people that violate our boundaries the most are the people that by virtue of their relationship to us, you would think are the ones that would appreciate and want to maintain our boundaries the most. And that's family. And this is where going into the holiday season, I think it's really important for people to be okay with setting boundaries with the people that they're going to be spending time with. Understanding that it's okay to set up time boundaries with people that feel unsafe to you, if you have to go at all. You can give yourself permission to not engage with unsafe people. There is no obligation to maintain a relationship with somebody who is unsafe for you. It is also okay to understand that sometimes there's contingencies. So Uncle Joe might be unsafe, but the only time I can see Grandpa Ed is if I spend time at this family gathering and Uncle Joe will be there. So I set down boundaries of time. I will stay for an hour. If Uncle Joe tries to talk to me, I will not speak to Uncle Joe. I will ask Uncle Joe kindly to leave me alone. If Uncle Joe refuses that boundary, I will continue to express it in a firmer manner. Uncle Joe, please 
I don't want to speak with you. Uncle Joe, I've been very clear. I don't want to talk to you. Uncle Joe, please stop talking to me. And then leaving. It's okay to set out boundaries around things that people talk about that are feel unsafe for you, even though you love the people and they don't understand that those things are unsafe for you. Please don't talk about my weight. Please don't talk about my divorce. Please don't talk about my past where I've made mistakes. Can we please not tell the story over and over again about how I did that one thing that everybody else thinks is so funny, but is very traumatizing and humiliating for me. It's okay to say those things. And when people come back with, oh, you're just being sensitive. It's just a joke. My favorite comeback is tell me what about that is funny. Tell me what about my pain or my personal struggle is funny for you. Or, you know what, it hasn't been a joke for the last 15 years. When did it all of a sudden become a joke? Having those moments with people and understanding that our boundaries are valid and we are allowed to set them with anybody is important. People that care about us, love us, and are our people will want to adjust those boundaries accordingly. People that do not want to adjust those boundaries accordingly, it is okay for us to redefine how much time we spend with those people and what that relationship really looks like. And that's hard. I can completely validate for folks that are listening, oh, that's so hard. It is. It's extremely difficult. But it's also difficult to maintain inside of a relationship with somebody that feels unsafe. Just because we know it and we know how to do it and we know how to exist inside of it doesn't mean it's not painful. Doesn't mean it doesn't reinforce the pain that we are experiencing when we have to do those things. It is not us being authentic. It is us masking. It is us pretending. It is us acting as if in a way that is not authentic. I struggle with the holiday season. I always have. I used to think that it was more seasonal affective depression because I lived in the Midwest where it was always gray and gross and I didn't like being cold. After living in the desert for eight years, I understand that it's not necessarily the lack of vitamin D seasonal depression. It is Christmas for me has always been a time of unmet expectations and pulling the veil back and really understanding what is going on and, and seeing some people for who they really are. And that's difficult to walk through. My six-year-old adores Christmas. She loves Christmas. She loves all things Christmas. In fact, I am getting a whole lot of flack from her right now because our tree is not up yet. And, you know, Thanksgiving wasn't that long ago. I do the things that are important for her. I do the things that bring her joy. I try to make magic for her because just because it doesn't work for me doesn't mean that I should rob her of that experience. But I am also okay with saying when something is too much, when I've experienced too much, when I need to take a step back, when I need to not participate in certain things, um, and that it's okay to not be okay this time of year. It's okay to be sad. 
it's okay to have grief this time of year. There are a lot of folks that are celebrating their first Christmas this year without somebody significant in their life that has passed over the last year. And that happens every single year. Grief is huge this time of year. And not everybody's people are supportive. Everybody is going through something. When somebody sets a boundary or lets you know where they're at, it's good to sit and respect that boundary and take it in. It's not a personal attack on you and who you are as a person. It's somebody letting you know that this is their boundary. And this is what they need in order to feel safe and to feel like you are a safe person for them. Listen to them, validate them, do your best to live up to that boundary for them. Be that person for them. And understand that the people that can't do that for you are not your people. And find the people that can, that help you feel safe, that help you walk through the darkness without feeling like they need to fix it. People that will crawl down in the pit with you and sit there with you until you feel like it's time to move. Those are your people. Took a little bit of a dark turn. Wasn't where I started when I got in this train, but you know what? This is, this is the conversation that I've been having over and over and over again with people over the last couple of weeks. This year's energy feels weird. It doesn't feel the same. It feels weird. That is all I've heard from people for the last several weeks. So I think we need to come into this with a lot more kindness, a lot more compassion, a lot more self-compassion and willingness to validate our own experiences and our own boundaries. As always, if you are struggling this time of year, please reach out to a mental health professional to help guide you through this process. There is no shame in asking for help. There are a lot of people that struggle this time of year. There are a lot of resources available. If you are unsure of how to locate resources in your area, please reach out for me. I am always willing to help you find resources in your area that are appropriate. You can email me at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at thatzona.life, T-H-A-T-Z-O-N-A dot L-I-F-E, or you can message me via Instagram through the show, The Authenticity Experiment, and I will do my best to get you resources available to you in your area.